What's up, Celebs? We are now in Miami again. This is day two of the conference, really day one of the Pleb conference, the real conference when everything goes down. And uh, we want to talk about the Jack Mallow's announcement, the Drake announcement, and all that good stuff. We are here with me and Lou, as usual. But then we also have fellow Plebs, Kane and Drew, joining us. Uh, we will tag them in the Twitter post so you guys know where to follow them. But uh, they... Oh, uh, we, we met, met them, them today, today and, and just, just kind of started hanging out. out. I guess this is how it happens at a Bitcoin conference. We all uh, just kind of run into each other and, and make it happen. So, anyways, before we get to that, I mentioned the sponsors of Bitbox. Get your Bitbox O2 and Movies Plus. If you don't know what they are, Google them, you'll find them. Um, more on that later. But uh, yeah, so day two of the conference, and the big news was that Jack Mallers is. Except they got strike to accept, make every merchant in the world accept Bitcoin, basically. Is that, is that what you took away from it? Uh, Jack Mallers has just kicked in the door on the legacy financial system. That's what I'm taking away from today's news. I'm still a little bit dumbstruck, but by the sounds of it, Jack Mallers has partnered with everyone. He's uh, partnered with Shop- Shopify. Uh, Strike's partnered with the largest uh, payment processing uh, company in the world that uh, I think they actually fund and facilitate like. 15% of all transactions at all your kind of proof of uh, proof of sale uh, locations all around the world. So um, moving forward, I think, Corey, we can go and uh, whip out a private Bitcoin wallet. So you can use Zap, you can use Zeus, you can use your Moon wallet, and you can go buy a, a burger from McDonald's, you can go to Wendy's, you can go to where do you like to get dinner, Corey, in America? Name a, name a franchise. <laughs> Subway. <Yeah. laughs> I had Subway two nights in a row, so that would be Subway. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like literally yeah. There you go. You can literally go and buy a sub plebs with a private Bitcoin Lightning Network, and you can route the transaction over Tor anonymously, and boom, shakalaka, you can pay with sats. That's what Jack Mallers uh, has announced and we just kind of uh, saw that announcement live at Miami with about 20,000 other plebs so we're pretty fired up we've lost our voices but it's been a pretty full-on day here in Miami and that's the breaking news yeah, yeah. And, and I'll be, be honest, honest before I cross around, around I, I, I think that, that a lot, a lot of, plebs, of plebs maybe, maybe I would check, I check those plebs, plebs, so maybe people are cool with it I, I think a lot of I think a lot of people are going to be sitting there going, "Oh, come on, we need to make an announcement. I wanted Apple Pay, or I wanted which is this is better than Apple Pay, or I wanted you know you know me. I think something that would blow me away was if Apple added to the balance sheet. Obviously, that didn't happen, but I think this is bigger, and I think a lot of people that there might be a chance that people don't understand how important this is, and they kind of come away feeling a little underwhelmed. But, but it, it is, isn't, it is, is way, way bigger than anyone is reacting to right now. Well, that's, well, that's what I from. What did what you think? think? Yeah, yeah I, I think it was huge. I think it's game changer, paradigm shift. The world will be different tomorrow and going forward than ever before because Jack and Strike basically, you know, they built the network, built Bitcoin network, built the Lightning network, built all this stuff to transfer money. But they said, let's don't worry about the transfer. It's the end piece, the component, the point of sale that is the big block that allows credit cards and banks to, you know, hang on to their fees. And he said, let's just wipe that out. So on a go forward, when all this is put out pretty much anywhere in the U.S., which means probably anywhere in the world, you can go. And as long as they've integrated that new point of sale, which they have the APIs up available and they'll continue to build out, 
Uh, you can use, you know, the Bitcoin network to basically start with dollars, end with dollars, start with euros, end with euros, whatever currency you want to use or use Bitcoin if you want. Uh, so I think it was a huge paradigm shift. I'm probably the biggest thing fundamentally that has been out in a while. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a really good kind of summary of it. That wasn't the only big news of today that went down as well. But oh, before we move this. on to the thing. next, yeah, before we move on to the next big news, we should throw it to um, a, a fellow Bitcoiner who has been on this podcast before, Drew McMartin, who's uh, with us in person this time. So it's not over in soon. The in the flesh. Nice, uh, so, nice to be back. Yeah. We're putting flesh to flesh now. That sounds great. <laughs> Especially in this hotel. <laughs> The one thing that I'm switching gears, the one thing I will say is innovation happens when it's like cheaper and faster and better for the end user. And if you're a merchant, this is cheaper and instant settlement. So like, have you ever tried to use a, a card at like a mom and pop shop for, you know, a small purchase, one to $2 purchase? Like you're, you're they get a little uppity or they make you want to purchase because they're they're getting charged money for that oh, i feel bad because yeah. they're getting hit with the 30, 30 cents, cents on top of the 2.9 yeah. yeah yeah so so this basically wipes that out i mean i don't know what the fee structure is i don't think did they cover that i don't know but near zero yeah near zero so i mean yeah. obviously there's gonna be a fee but it's not gonna be it's probably like, like half like half, half, of, half a percent, percent. Like, it's, like it's it's, it's minimal. minimal and and that's a big point because you know up until now if you're in a developed western country you know, crypto, Bitcoin, all the different networks are awesome and they're cool, but they really weren't faster, cheaper, better than the Visa network, right? Now okay. we we it has, it, to, is, it has to be better. Yeah, water it, always follows follows right. the path of least resistance. And you know, if you're a merchant, why are you paying more for something that's right. slower? But uh, today, it's now truly better in all those different categories. Yeah, like last last year at the conference, like you know, the first country announced legal tender. Like this allows any merchant to essentially make it legal tender under their own and they can settle it back in dollars but they, they don't have to right so this is it's huge yeah and and it, it takes that price fluctuation if you're you know a seller of a good and you're concerned you're like i would love to receive bitcoin but i'm concerned that by the time i convert it to dollars i'll lose and it takes that piece, that's a key piece that, that's that gone. yeah that's now gone well, well I, mean, I mean i think that you know, yes, with movies, movies plus, plus yeah, here comes the sheet plugging. But yeah, like, so we, for example, if you're a monthly subscriber, like every month that the credit card runs, we get hit with the 2.9% and the 30%, you know? Also, also, not to mention, mention if, we're if we're through, through Apple, Apple, if we're through, you know, if you, if you buy through the app, app on the App Store, Google Play, play uh, we lose 15% of them. them. Whereas, Whereas like, so just doing for us and our, our business, I can, can integrate it and, and people can pay, can pay directly, directly with the, the payment rails that they're already using. And now I get 100% of the sale. And another big point talking about the tax there, the percentages that you're paying out to these other platforms to be able to you know, tap into their audience or just distribute your product is it was lightly touched on. Uh, it basically removes the tax issue. If you, you know, buy Bitcoin, you hold it cool. You don't worry about the taxes, but if you buy something with it, it's a taxable transaction. And so in this case, you start in dollars 
you just use the Bitcoin network to deliver on a better, in a better way, in a faster way to get that instantaneous settlement, but it settles in dollars. So to the buyer, there's not a tax. So you don't have 10,000 transactions that you got to turn in the way I understood it at the end of the month. So that that's a big, big point too. Massive news, plebs. That's what you guys can take away from that one. I think it's massive. I think the only point we didn't hit on was the fact that you can do it anonymously. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people are getting very kind of nihilistic with the whole uh, vaccine, this and that. I may have a CBDC that's linked up to my medical status. And even if we had some sort of Bitcoin announcement that's linked up through the um, your Apple wallet, a lot of people have speculated, yeah, but that's still going to have certain strings attached to it. What Jack Malice has done is he's actually going to let you to buy things at Wendy's, McDonald's, uh, Starbucks with your private Bitcoin wallet. And you can route the transactions over Tor. So I really suggest anyone who um, is listening into the podcast, jump on the uh, Bitcoin Magazine YouTube stream and go and watch the Jack Muller's um, announcement this afternoon because he shows you a video of him buying things from a grocery store with his private anonymous Bitcoin wallet over Tor. So yeah. I, I think it's massive. And that's one really big announcement that went down today. That's, that's I so think, big, honestly, honestly, the thing that had me like most geeked out. out was the fact that, that it could it be completely, completely private. private. So, so like, like on the macro, macro big, you know, you know tinfoil tin hat area where we, where we all, all sit there and go, well, if you're not double jab or quadruple jump whatever it is now, if you're not walking, if you're not walking around with eight needles sticking out of your body at the time, you cannot purchase anything because they could shut down your payment rails. And that was a big, honestly, there's a fear where you're like, holy crap, how am I going to feed my family if I'm, if the, if government, the government says, says no, you can't, you can't buy this thing because, because you didn't behave the way that we want. It, 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 this, this literally, literally on a global scale, scale eliminates, eliminates the ability to have the Chinese, Chinese social credit, credit score system. system. Yeah. And that's, and that's what this does. does. Like, like, so, so the, the, the fees, fees are great. The saving on the 3% is huge and companies are going to jump all over that. And they and don't, they don't it's minimal work for them. For them. They, they don't, don't have, have to do anything. anything. They, they just have, have to accept them. I mean, Jack showed in, in the video using the price gun. gun. Like, have you ever done self checkout on Target? And, and you know, you pull up the wallet on Target and you click it. And that's exactly what it's the same. They don't have to install new things. It's all there. Minor correction it's the boomer gun. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The boomer gun. But, then, then, but the, honestly, honestly, the biggest thing, you know, I was excited by all that. And then he, we walked into the video, he said, on, on tour, tour with my own running, running, running in my house, house with, with Mick, like, like with, it could be Bitcoin that you mine anonymously, anonymously, money that you earn anonymously, on your anonymously, anonymously pay for anonymously, and the user, user the, the, the merchant gets the money, the money that they, they need, need, and nobody knows what you purchase. So it goes from the big scale of the China credit system that dismantles that, but then even from day to day life, where like. Customers' customer information, information is being over, you know, you know monetized. monetized. And, and I mean, I mean I'm, I'm guilty of it too because we ran, we ran, we ran ads, ads for, we had like these different, different Jesus, Jesus movies and movies plus, plus ad, and, and like, like literally, literally targeted, targeted advertising and people that would respond to religious advertising. You know, and it's like, how do they get that information? Why do they get that information? I don't think it's right from a privacy standpoint. And so now, if you're running off of tour. You know, there will be the ones that just want to... Everybody will use Bitcoin. This is what we always talk about. Everyone will use Bitcoin. They don't even know they're doing it. And they'll use it with the regular payment rails. But for the people like us that want to be private and don't want our information out there, 
it's gone. So, I think it's massive. And the fact that you can do it is a really big thing. Um, and I think like things like a lot of people say, oh, Bitcoin has no development, Bitcoin has no innovation. But now that we've got Taproot and then you've got cross-input signature aggregation coming down the pipelines, when you when every transaction is a coin joined by default, just because it makes it cheaper and faster and easier, like Jack's announcement does today for the big guys who are cutting down on that 3% fees, I think it's absolutely massive. Um, but I think we've given that first announcement a really good wrap and I think we've covered all of that. I think the second kind of big piece of news that went down today was kind of surrounding legal tender. So we got some news from Samson Mao, um, and we have a little island in the country of Honduras called Prospera, and they have now moved to make Bitcoin legal tender. And we also have another announcement from Portugal, and they have an, an autonomous region. So I'm not sure exactly what that is, but there's an, auton- an autonomous region called Madeira in Portugal that is also... I think this um, is what the Capitol Hill Autonomous in the chat with Seattle, what they wanted to become. Instead, they were trying to farm. That was one of the funniest things. Did you see, like, in the park, they were trying to farm? They also were asking for donations. Yeah, they were trying to use the park land to, like, you know, like, like grow, grow vegetables, vegetables and stuff, and then they immediately, of course, course segregated themselves. themselves. And it, it was, was like, like only certain people of certain races can use like certain farms. And like, like they were yeah, 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 that's that's, 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 that's a whole other tangent. But what yeah, so tender announcements. I mean, I think there nothing. No, I mean, it's it's exciting. I don't know. Samson was saying that he had he wanted three microphones because he had three mic drop moments. And, and those, those might have been the limpest microphones that ever hit. They might have been made of, you know, foam and landed on the ground and make a sound because it, you know, the Mexico one, we'll just throw that out there. So they came out and they announced, oh, here's the senator from Mexico. And she says, here I have this letter or something. I'm paraphrasing, so if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know. I have this letter from the president that says we're going because we're going to introduce a legal tender bill in Mexico. And he said he looks forward to meeting and talking about it. And that's a nothing burger. That's like, an actual nothing burger. I mean, like the only positive there is it's kind of the old once the genie's out of the bottle, it's not going back in. Yeah. yeah. So that means at some point, it will but like out. to announce as a mic drop, it was a, it was a little uh, weak. But the but little, I mean, the small, small little, little territories, territory, though. I'm bullish as fuck. I think Corey and I, I think we're we're on different kind of height levels here on the on the little the little announcements of the cities because I I think it's really fucking bullish. I was probably, ex- I think a lot of us were expecting another country to make Bitcoin legal tender. So that's why a lot of people were underwhelmed. But I think the fact that the dominoes are falling so fast. So you had El Salvador six months ago, and then two weeks ago, you had a city in Switzerland make Bitcoin legal tender. You Now you've got cities and islands in Portugal, and now Honduras and El Salvador and Switzerland. They're all tripping over themselves to make Bitcoin legal tender. And just because it's only a little island or a little city within that country, I think it's still big because that means that country can't come out and ban Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Like, And I forgot as well. So you got Switzerland, Portugal, Honduras, El Salvador. And then three weeks ago, you had the city of Re... What's this? Rio in Brazil? Rio de Janeiro. Bingo. Kane's got a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking too much today, please. But they put the city, the capital of Brazil, will put 1% of their treasury 
uh, into Bitcoin and also said that they would accept Bitcoin for taxes. So that's five countries in what the past three weeks that have had regions or cities or islands of their country make Bitcoin legal tender. So do you think that I I think it was bullish? I think, like I said, it. It came out a little bit flat. Oh yeah. So so a number oh, of the delivery was flat. Yeah, yeah. It didn't hit hard. A number of people were like, ah, I was wishing they would have said is legal tender instead of like, hey, we're gonna submit this thing to be. But yeah, I th- if I recall, that was how El Salvador originally came out. Yeah, yeah. it was months. Originally, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like we are issuing or or. It's also only Thursday, not Friday. I imagine there'll be yeah. something for tomorrow. Dude, one question I had, and we hadn't talked about it. I just was thinking about it. The um, I think it was Honduras uh, where the president spoke, and he just kept stressing KYC and AML. Oh yeah, is that does that kind of bring any reservations at all? I hope it's an option. Like yeah. in El Salvador, you have the option to use the KYC centralized um, wallet um, that Big Kaylee's government has put out, or you can use your own private Bitcoin wallet. I hope that that's the same similar story as what's happening in Honduras. But I did I noticed that as well. It, he he said it a number of times, yeah. and I was like, I don't. Does this guy understand what kind of conference he's at? Yeah. <laughs> Great news, but. Yeah. What do you What do you mean there? Yeah. yeah. He was like, like don't, don't worry, worry. It, it will be KYC. KYC. It yeah. will be. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. isn't consensus. This yeah. isn't some shitcoin fucking conference <laughs> that Canada yeah. to the elites. It's a Bitcoin conference. Uh, uh, so yeah. yeah. So um, I, don't I don't know. know. I think it's, it's good, good for these small, small little. It's good, good for these small little territories. It's. I mean, it's funny. My perspective shifted a little bit whenever I was thinking about my own small town USA that I live in. And making it like a circular economy there. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it doesn't have to be on the country level. It can just be on a town-by-town level. And then the big thing as well, not on a town-by-town, but let's say a state. If one state in the United States makes Bitcoin legal tender, does that mean if Biden wants to ban Bitcoin in the United States, that that small country who has Bitcoin as legal tender, does that mean they succeed and become their own country? What happens there in terms of... Arizona governor wants that, right? Like yeah. legal tender in Arizona. Yeah. I'm sure Texas and Florida will be far behind there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, at the state level, they control like their people. So it, it would actually, the way I understand it, I may, I may be wrong, but if the states push it, that's better than if we kind of like approach it at the federal level. Yeah. Well, there's states in the U.S. that legalize like marijuana. Others aren't, don't. So, you know, different rules for different states. Yeah, yeah, if the feds ever want to come in and bust somebody in Colorado for having a pot, you know, in theory, the FBI could do that. Yeah, but but they but they don't because of that the jurisdiction. Yeah, yep, yeah. Which I mean is why I remind everybody that we're not a populist democracy; we are a constitutional republic. I mean, on that note, recently it was put to me, and I didn't know this, but they were like, "If you want to make the biggest difference in your state, then vote and make sure you know who the local sheriff is." Because they have the most power. Oh yeah, and I, I, you know, I don't follow all that, so I didn't know. But I imagine it's the same thing. Well, I've, I've said, said this multiple times. times I, in, in the, you know, yeah, if you so forgive me if you hear this again, again to the, the audience, audience, but, but um, yeah, yeah, we, we learned, learned so last May, May it was like, it was one, like one, one of those one-off off elections, election, like you know, primary, primary in Pennsylvania, with like nothing serious up for grabs, but 
uh, the Republicans in Pennsylvania put on an amendment to the Constitution of Pennsylvania that um, allowed because the governor of Pennsylvania he was allowed to do emergency at borders and uh, and then extend the emergency orders. Hey, they lasted for 90 days, and he could extend them in perpetuity without anybody changing their mind, um, changing his mind. He, it was all up to him. No, no say from anybody else. And they changed, proposed that the governor would only have 14 days to have the emergency order, and then after that, the only way he could extend it by another 14 days was if he got both houses to agree and vote yes, which would never happen. So it effectively ended the mandates. In, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And, and I, I like, we, we voted, voted, we voted, voted, we voted so, so hard by pressing that button to put that into law. And, and the, they flipped out. The big wigs in the government flipped out because they were like, they lost their control. And it was, it was fun, like, watching, walking in on voting day, you know, seeing like all the people were all like giving each other, like, the look, like, hell yeah, we're taking this down, you know. So yeah, vote for your sheriff. Get your sheriff for in Drew's in case, case, you're a Mountie. Mountie. <laughs> <On your side. laughs> I think I think it's different. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you're a Bitcoiner, vote for Jack Myers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, take action. That's a takeaway there. Whether it's your vote or whether it's your money, don't have your money stuck in some Honduras sketchy KYC government approved wallet. Make sure all of your sats are stored in a safe hardware wallet that you guys like. So another little shout out to our newest show sponsor a bitbox o2 go and get one of those and put your corn somewhere where it's safe that's where it should be it should be offline in a bitbox o2 so definitely go and check them out and you can get a five percent discount using yeah. the code bitcoin made simple get you five percent off and uh, go to shiftcrypto.ch slash bitcoin made simple and you'll see a nice little quote where I talk about how a dumb person like me can use it. And, um, but as I said to Luke earlier, I said, you know, it's open source, which means I'm too stupid to poke around in there and figure out if it's all safe. But there are smart people. There are people that are smarter than me that I know will go in there and poke around. And if that was, if there's any, you know, if there are shenanigans going on, it would have been brought to us a lot earlier because, geez, I mean, in the Bitcoin world, you can't even post a joke incorrectly that would allude to something negative towards Bitcoin without getting steamrolled by the plebs, as it should be. So, uh, yeah, go to uh, shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple. And um, so I'm going to step back something Luke, Luke just brought up. That's one of the most important things going on in the, the new economy, the networked world and the way that it works, especially in this time of all this cancel culture and I don't like this, you offended me, so we're just not going to do it. The fastest way that you can make a change is not by voting, but by moving your wallet. If you move your wallet where you spend your money and only spend it the things you desire to support, that's the fastest way to make a change because the companies have to change. They can be and you can vote a hundred times a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or more. Yeah, and so like if you sit here and like I'm going to support this cause and I'm going to go to these rallies, like that's cool and all, but it doesn't make change happen as fast as if you say I'm not buying that good anymore. Yeah, yes. so I'm not using this network. I'm using that one. And two things that I was thinking about as Jack was talking and, and about this is like one, it's probably a good time to like 
short visa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sick of that. Not financial advice. Yeah. Not financial advice. But or MasterCard. It's just another nail in the the existing system. Like it's this is this is better and cheaper version of that. And the other thing I was thinking of, like I remember watching the conference back in June last year. I couldn't go. Son was being born, but um May a minor thing. Minor thing. Still wanted to go. Your, your wife, wife for some so reason wanted to be there. Your, your wife, wife was, to, you know, when, when you should have seen, seen the look that she gave me when I said I was considering going. That that was a <laughs> that, that was, was a, a hard no. no. Yeah, that would be a hard no from any pregnant woman out there. <laughs> hey, hey, that didn't land. That'd yeah, be like uh, Jim Gaffigan said. Uh, He's like, you know, my wife uh, gave birth to our child in our apartment. And, you know, he's like, it was tough because it was loud and I was trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember watching, like, where I was watching Jack, thinking, like, announcing the El Salvador, thinking how big that is. And then just fast forward, it's not even a year, right? Like, it's, yeah. what is it, yeah. April? April? It's close, yeah. Um, Ten months. Ten months. And think of how many options you now have to, mm. like, store or purchase your Bitcoin. So I, I could, okay. In theory, let's just say Arizona becomes the good time. I could go to the state of Arizona and start using my Bitcoin. I could go to a state that doesn't recognize it, but the company does. Mm-hmm. I could go to a country where everybody recognizes it. Like I could go to a city where in a country that doesn't recognize it. Like this is like a groundswell of different kinds of adoption that eventually, like this, this only goes one way. Like this boulder only rolls downhill. Well, it's, I mean, it's game over for all red seekers. Like that's, that's what, what this is. Is, is the yeah, rent seekers? It's, it's game over. over. It's, it's the, music the music has stopped, and they're, they're the, the ones holding the bag, bag, and they're done. And they're getting done, and they're getting cooked and roasted very quickly. To Drew's point, the boulder is rolling, and it's rolling quickly. Like Switzerland, Brazil, Honduras, El Salvador, Panama, pushing friendly Bitcoin laws for it. You've got states in the in the freest country of the world, the United States, tripping over themselves to put through friendly Bitcoin laws, whether it's Arizona or Texas or Miami, it's just massive. And I think the bolt is really rolling and yeah. there is no putting this gym back in the bottle. And then they all can't be hubs, right? Like everyone uses these sort of buzzwords that they want to be this like, you know, Bitcoin hub. That's, mm. they, they all can't be hubs. It, mm. But I mean, it, only a few of them can really be like big cities. Like they can all have policies. So they're all going to be fighting with each other to like, you know, it's how they send the sovereign individual, like, You'll go where you're treated best, right? Yeah. And that's a big point, especially these times where, uh, you know, good current countries have kind of eroded, bad countries are getting better, all those things. And people are moving around the world, but, you know, most people want to go somewhere safe. And some of the nicer places aren't exactly safe. And as this transition continues, you have the freedom to, like, truly go somewhere that you want to be. And that, that's nice. That's a really, really important point. Um, somebody mentioned the Sovereign Individual book. Guys, if you haven't read it, go and read it. That's the thing that gave me the final kick in the ass to get the fuck out of Australia because I think it's Balaji um, who says um, you shouldn't be thinking of countries around the world as first and third world countries. You should be thinking of them as ascending and descending countries. And I think the countries that have benefited the most from this fiat system, they're going to be the countries that are kind of going to turn the most authoritarian or draconian upon their citizens because they have these enormous debt burdens. So look at your Western countries like the uh, Europe, 
You've got Canada over there with Trudeau freezing the bank accounts of citizens attending a freedom convoy. Which, by the way, is a great news. The Jack Mallers thing is great news for something like the freedom convoy in Canada, you know, because that hits home for those people that they were going to be KYC to death. Yeah, yeah, you, also, you, you could you mention, mention it over. It, did he mention it during? Well, you, you kind of alluded to it. That's unconfiscatable. Yeah, yeah. you saying anonymous. He, he had wonderful things to say about Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's massive. The optionality. That's the takeaway, guys. If you're stuck in an Australia or even uh, the UK, which doesn't actually look so bad in the last couple of months, I know, they're reversing. Right? There must, must be an election, election coming up or something. because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden the, the tune yeah, is changing a little bit. Um, but, uh, well, even here in the U S I mean, we've got our own problems Yeah, and, and, uh, I would say prior to this, this, this speech and the passion at the end where Jack wants to put the U S back on the map of innovation and financial system, uh, the U S was in that decline state. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we were kind of talking about, about that on the way out, though, but like, what, what, what do you think, think, what do you guys, guys think, think as far as, far as you know, you know, like the like U.S. US and, and, and their way to get out of this, because they're, the, the the U.S. US dollar is not going to be the world reserve currency, currency and everything's not going to be backed by the pegged to the U.S. dollar. That's going to change. We've seen it change. Um, so, so do they look at something like this and go, you know what, like it or not, you know, President Biden, you know, you you got to you got to go like it or not, Elizabeth Warren. This is the only way that America stays on top. So what do you guys think? Yeah. I'll let you. Yeah, I've got, got a lot of opinions on this. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make it short. But no, go for it. The, the key is that base money is important, but base money does not allow the optimal innovation need to drive a growing, budding economy. So the problem is that most, you know, from a maxi perspective, like ah, dollar go to zero, dollar go to zero. It doesn't need to go to zero. It doesn't have to go to zero. Could it go to zero? Sure, but. The problem is dollars don't move around the world enough and everyone is addicted to them and everyone has dollarized debt and they can't pay their debts because they don't have access to dollars. So then we have euro dollars that kind of filled that gap for 50 years. That keeps causing crisis like 2007-8. Enter the crypto and, and USDC and the stable coins and UST. That is basically acting like euro dollar 2.0. And now with, you know, this whole Jack Mallers, you basically are pegging dollars to Bitcoin instead of something pegging to the dollar. So the dollars, if there's a shortage of dollars, they don't necessarily have to flow around. You can use the Bitcoin rails to, to make that money flow better. And that will keep the economy, you know, circular. And Luke had a great point uh, just talking about pegging dollars to oil and i'll let you run with that yeah like i because a lot of people like kane said a lot of people think bitcoin succeeding is going to kill the united states i actually think bitcoin's monetization benefits one country around the world the most and that is the united states i actually think it's going to allow them to preserve their global reserve currency status for a lot longer than most people think and I actually think, um, I have, I'm writing an article on this topic at the moment, but I think by the end of the decade, if fiat's still around, I think instead of having 130 sovereign currencies around the world, I think you're going to be left with five, maybe even three. And I think the US dollar is going to be the last to collapse because of the amount of US dollar denominated debt out there around um, in the world. There's the euro dollar market, which is $300 trillion in size. Nobody knows how big it is. 
but everybody needs dollars, okay? They don't need euros. They don't need Chinese yuan. They want dollars. And the fact of it is the US dollar is the cleanest shirt in that dirty what do they say? The hamper. Hamper. The dirty clothes in the hamper. And when Bitcoin's monetizing, like think about this, for example, it doesn't matter what you think the end price of Bitcoin is, whether it's 5 million, 10 million or 100 million, the fact of it is it's going to be too volatile to use as a unit of account, even when it's 500,000 or even when it's a million dollars coin. So I'll pose a hypothetical to the listener. Let's say the Turkish lira hyperinflates next year. And they decide to adopt Bitcoin. Do they just adopt Bitcoin um, when their Turkish lira hyperinflates? Or do they also have to adopt the US dollar to use as a stable pricing mechanism? Because Bitcoin's going to be too volatile to price your goods and services in. So that is, that's essentially, firstly, that's the US dollar milkshake theory proposed by Brent Johnson. The fact that the USD is going to be the last fiat currency to hyperinflate and I'm writing an article and I'm uh, titling it the Bitcoin milkshake theory because I actually think that the USD and Bitcoin are going to get be getting strong together and it's going to be because a lot of these emerging market currencies and countries yes some of them are going to just dollar us somewhere like um, I don't know pick a country in Africa they might hyperinflate um, their, their currency and some of them will pick just dollars but the ones who pick Bitcoin, they will pick Bitcoin as well as the US dollar to use as a stable pricing mechanism. And there's two big things there. One, I think one thing that people miss is uh, money has no value. There is no value in money. It's just a unit. Anything can be the unit of exchange. It's the faith that someone will take whatever you use as that unit. And then you'll be able to go out and, and use that to get a good or service. So the value happens on either side of the unit. You think it's worth less, they think it's worth more, you do a trade and then somebody can use it again. And so that's really what we're seeing here as these currencies, you know, these fiat currencies collapse because no no monetary unit other than gold throughout 5,000 years has like value. It's what you do on either side. And then, you know, the other thing to your point about the dollar being one of the last ones standing, if you look at the dollar in the last year, it's risen. Yeah. Okay. And and Bitcoin's basically flat. Now, it doesn't really matter when we're, but that's just the fact. But the dollar rising is not because the dollar is strengthening, it's because there is no such thing as a dollar. The dollar is a basket of other currencies. So what that's telling you is the dollar is rising because the currencies in the basket that make it up are getting weaker. So so it really doesn't even matter in that regard. So this movement allowing you to tie dollars to a better financial network could kind of solve all those things and play into what you were talking about. Too. Yeah, a way to think of the fiat currencies is they're all losing value. The US dollar, the euro, the Turkish lira, but they're losing value at different rates. So you've got to think of the fiat currencies as skydivers, right? You've got to think of they're all flying out of the plane and they're all losing purchasing power against real goods and services that are tangible and are actually hard to produce. But some of them are just falling at faster rates. And it's just the way um, the global monetary system is set up with the euro dollar market and the US dollar denominated debt around the world. You have currencies like the Turkish lira. They're just falling out of the plane a lot quicker and a lot faster than something like the US dollar. Yes, all of those skydivers are going to hit the floor. They're all going to be a pancake one day. 
but I think the US dollar denominated skydiver will be the last one to uh, pull the ripcord on his parachute. Um, so the analogy goes, and before he hits the um, ground. And, and we got a big driver. If there's no productivity, there's no value. So we have one network, the fiat system, that has, it's basically largely servicing. So there's not a lot of productivity, not a lot of hammer swinging. Now over in China, they're building stuff and shipping it. But we have this new financial network that is encouraging productivity. It's encouraging builders to build so, new and innovative stuff, which brings back production, which is missing in the United States. It's an efficiency amplifier. Yeah. That basically the exact opposite of the money printing. The money printing, anything more you print makes up for your deficit and efficiency. And that's it's the exact opposite. The, the ledger is basically a mirror, right? Like, mm -hmm. How productive are you? Well, this is telling you. Yeah. And you're not. You're not as productive as it used to be. So couldn't agree more. The the countries that I think Kane touched on it earlier, the countries that embrace technology have always done the best. I think was it China back in the 14 or the 1500s? They were actually one of the first countries to develop uh, navigation. And weren't they one of the first countries to have boats? But they didn't they the communist Chinese party start burning down boats or something and then the Dutch they, they're just more they want to stay kind of within themselves. Their, their goals for thousands of years has not been to go and take over foreign lands. Now, if they believe it's their land and it's close, they'll go to take it over, kind of the Taiwan thing. But like where all the other empires are like, hey, I started and I got a little bit bigger and I got a little bit, a little bit bigger. Now I'm going to go over the pond and I'm going to go over the seas. And, I'm gonna go, and so that's where they're a little bit different. So, yeah, they started paper money and, and all those things, but their goal was not to take over the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's um it was funny you saying the the mirror in the, the ledger, ledger you know, you know like, like being the mirror of how much productivity you had and i reminded of the albert einstein quote um that uh that I, I put on uh twitter at some point um but it was i think it was einstein i don't know i could be wrong somebody's gonna be sitting at home going like you Corey, you're so stupid um but uh, it was that energy, it's a, yeah, it's a physics uh, principle that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. And so it made me think when I was having my deep thoughts about it, it made me think that energy that that made me think about my Bitcoin in cold storage a lot because my energy, whenever I would expel it before, it would get it wouldn't get destroyed, but it would get transferred to somebody wealthier because my my I was losing I was losing uh I was losing my ability to contain my wealth and um and con conserve my sorry, sorry losing my train of thought and, and uh, uh, keep, keep my, my purchasing, purchasing power. But, but uh now, now I, can I can put it in there, there I can I save it, it and it's, it's not, not destroyed, destroyed and I can conserve it. it. Uh, uh, I, just, I just I thought, thought that, that was kind of, kind of I, had I had a profound thought and realized that nobody can steal your energy anymore. Which thermodynamically, mm -hmm. which is sound. A, yeah, the first thing to come along that's at, like preserves it over time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and actually increases it because it's deflationary. Like so, every other currency, like you work hard, you put your money away, and then you come back a year later, and you're like I need to keep working. Because you work hard, yeah. To I need to work. <laughs> and someone said, I forget who it was saying um, at one of the panels was was basically talking about the inverse of that is 
because Bitcoin is deflationary, you're highly incentivized to work harder today mm. than 10 years from now. Okay. Because as the price increases, the amount of sats you're going to get in the future are going to be less. So like, it's the exact, it, it's the exact opposite of the current system where you're like, oh, I'm going to work hard and I'm losing my personal account. It's like, I work hard today. I, I don't need to, in theory, work as hard in the future. So it, it creates this almost like uh, everyone trying to get through the same door. And it, it, I can't think of another system that like incentivizes productivity like this. I've never seen anything like this. No one in human history has seen anything like this. Bitcoin's a once in a species invention and it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably maybe a good note to wrap up yeah. on this. Um, and closing, closing, uh, closing, uh, closing thoughts, thoughts, do you guys, you guys think Satoshi is here at the conference? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. No, no, I, don't so I have a different theory on it. Satoshi was too long for this. Too long for this. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, they invite me back. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I I can go down. Luke knows he. Luke knows you can hear him. I've gone down some rabbit holes on theories of Satoshi. I can. That would be a fun one. So we'll have to do that. But uh, Gene, what a hook! Yeah, that's a great hook. And uh, thanks again to Bitbox, the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, for sponsoring us. And go to mymoviesplus.com to check out some Bitcoin documentaries and other fun movies, and helps uh, support my company and get me going in the right direction, so that I maybe. We'll talk less on podcasts and other people will do it. If I make more money, then I'll hire people and then you have to hear me less. So let's uh, let's do that. But thanks, Kane. Thanks, Drew, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. That was was a lot of fun. We could have talked for a lot longer. Yeah. 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 Maybe there's still tomorrow. There's still tomorrow. tomorrow. All right, guys. See you. Okay. Thank you. See you guys.